For over 75 years, Moses has served this region with hustle, integrity, and caring. Our core values are what make us the number one provider of complete customer care, from sales to our service and parts departments, all the way to our body shop. I'm Reeves Kurtner, and this is In Your Business. Season one of In Your Business is presented by Moses Automall of Huntington. Online at MosesMeansMore.com and powered by the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce and Kindred Communications. This week, we're joined by a new entrepreneur who made the bold move from a stable career to pursue her passion for transforming living spaces. Joining us today is Sarah Francis, the founder of Edit with SF. Sarah is going to share with us the background of Edit with SF, including her services offered, what inspired her to start her new business, what she's learned along the way, and tips for others who were once in her shoes. Let's get in your business. Let's get started by you know sharing a bit about your background and what inspired you to start Edit with SF. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a little bit of a different story. Um, I did not set out to start a company. I had a friend reach out to me. She had just moved in with her boyfriend. And she said, hey, you're really organized. Will you come over and help me um, and my boyfriend just kind of get our space in order? Um, It was during lockdown at that point. And so she had said, you know, we need two home offices, a guest bedroom, my closet, a getting ready space in one room. Um, So I was like, yeah, you know, easy. I'll come over. And um, eight hours later, we were chit-chatting and she was like, you need to start a business. Like, this is amazing. Um, And so she took a bunch of pictures and um, we posted it online. And the next morning I woke up to four clients. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So what were you doing? What, you know, Edit with SF started this, you know, started at the uh, fall of, of 2023, right? It actually started in You doing it on April. the side? Yeah, I was doing well? it on the side. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and we're recording mid-December. This will probably come out in February, March, kind of, okay. you know, where, where we are. Yeah. Uh, so, so April 2023, you officially started this. What were you doing uh, prior to then? Yeah, so I had been working in higher education for 10 years. So I'd been at Marshall um, at that point for about three years because um, the business like started as a side business right. um, in May 2021. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so let's talk about what Edit with SF is before we kind of talk about that jump. So so what is it What and what kind of services do you provide to your to your clients? Yeah, so I do home editing and organizing. So I help people get rid of things that aren't serving them. Right. Um, and then I work with local nonprofits to get those items back into the community. Okay. Um, specifically in the Huntington Recovery Community. Right. Um, and then I do a lot of work with the neurodivergent community. So that's individuals who have some sort of a disability, whether it's ADHD, autism, OCD, PTSD, depression, anxiety. Sure. The list is very long. Yeah. Um, and help them come up with systems that really work for them. Um, so I'm not focused on the aesthetic necessarily. I'm focused on what is the pain point in their day and how do we create a system in their home that's going to make that pain point go away. So and if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that to use your services and, and how long does the process usually take? Yeah, they can uh, email me at editwithsf at okay. gmail.com. Um, I have a website that's also coming out. So that'll be editwithsf.com 
Yes.com. Yes. Okay. Um, and typically what happens is I do a consultation. And so that is a 45 minute walkthrough of the space. Um, I talk with them about what is bothering them. What are their pain points? Um, what is just like infuriating about the space? If there's kiddos, I talk with the parents about um, what kind of things they've noticed that are hard for their child. I talk with a child to figure out what's hard for them. Um, and then I go back and I do what's called a scope of work um, and basically uh, do a bird's eye view of the space, move all the items around in Photoshop, show them how they should kind of move things to make sense and then tell them, you know, here you can either take the plan that I created for you and do it yourself or you can hire me to come in and do it. Sure. Um, and so then I kind of let them decide. So it's it's really on their schedule, especially when I'm working with families. You know, there's soccer games and there's ballet practice right. and meals and a school. Um, so it's really up to the families how quickly they want the service to be completed. Sure. So like you said, you said this was uh, started as a, hey, you should do this uh, April 2021. You started doing this kind of on the side. Mm -hmm. But what made you uh, make that transition from a full-time job, uh, you know, to, to pursuing this? What, what made you take this leap? So I think for me, I got to a point where my heart wasn't in higher education anymore. Um, I loved the work I was doing, but I could tell every day I was coming in and I wasn't as passionate about it. Um, I was spending like my daydreaming time while I was working on projects, thinking about the spaces that I was creating for families. Right. Um, and so I pretty much got to a point where it was, I either had to quit edit with SF or I had to quit my full-time job. Um, and so, I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm never going to know if I don't try it right. full time. Right. Um, and so I put in five weeks notice. Um, my my director and my team, they were super proud because um, they could tell my heart hadn't been in it for sure. a while. Um, and so I left my full time career in um, September 1st, 2023. Okay. Were there specific moments or signs that said... You know, what, were there yeah. specific moments or signs with Edit with SF? Like, hey, I think I can get enough clients and, and do this and, and make it a, a full-time gig. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I discovered in the spring of uh, 2023 was that I could work with um, the Department of Rehabilitation Services okay. and they could actually help um, individuals pay for my services so I could become a vendor from, for them. Um, I also had started talking about um, getting some funding opportunities and met with um, an angel investor. And she said, have you ever considered getting coded so that a medical provider could provide your services as a prescription? Description. Okay. Um, and that was the first time I really started realizing like, oh, this could be more than just an evening and weekend thing. This right. could be life changing for the community. Um, and it could be something that I could even travel to different places and people who, you know, maybe wouldn't um, think of this as something that they could afford right off the bat. There were built in services that could help them. So um, pay what, for percent, this. what percentage of, of your business is? you know, the medical side versus the just residential family side? So I would say about 60% is like the medical side right now. Okay. 30% um, is just kind of what you would think of as making a space look aesthetically right. pleasing and function right. for a family right. um, who's non-neurotypical. Which and one then, do you like doing better? Um, I like working with neurodivergent uh, individuals better. Okay. Uh, I myself have three learning disabilities and was diagnosed with ADHD. Okay. So I, I feel like I'm... I'm helping the younger me. Yeah. Um, the things that would have really, you know, made life easier when I was eight. So what, what, and, and help me out. What's the word? Neurodivergent. What is that? 
So that is um, basically a new. I, mean, I know, yeah, of course, but I'm sure my listeners don't. Know, yeah, of so. course. Um, <laughs> it's a, a new umbrella term that's come out. I would say in the last four years. Okay. Basically, everything that's under it is. Um, any sort of learning disability, um, ADHD, autism spectrum disorder, PTSD, anxiety, depression, OCD, okay. any of those disabilities fall under that umbrella. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm ignorant and I like asking questions. So yeah. what does, what does edit with SF have to do with that then? How does that, how do they work? How do they work together? Yeah. So for me, being a neurodivergent individual, I notice things, um, that other people maybe don't pick up on. Okay. Um, so I can notice that a child is struggling to find their socks first thing in the morning when I'm there talking to a parent. Um, so that was, again, the business didn't start as, as serving that population. Um, I actually met with Ben Ng from the Eye Center. Um, he, I think he was on the podcast. He has been, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he told me that I needed to figure out what all of my clients had in common. And so I sat down and really looked at my current clientele at that point. And that's when I realized they all just happened to be neurodivergent. Okay. And then I started tapping into that population. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the, the transition. Did you, so did you have a, you, you, you said you put your, five weeks in did you have a plan in place during those five weeks um you know to make that transition or was it more kind of spontaneous talk about talk about that I think when I actually um, got to the point where I was putting in the notice, right. that piece was spontaneous, but it was planned in okay. the sense of I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when it would happen and when I would feel like it was the right time. Um, I Specifically, I had worked in housing and residence life, and I we did RA training. So we train about 80 RAs, every, resident advisors every year. And I remember that used to be my favorite thing, my favorite time of year. And I remember when I got done with the day that I presented, you know, the most topics, I didn't feel like my cup was filled. And so I was like, it's time to walk away. So that piece was a little spontaneous. Um, I would say then everything just fell exactly how it was supposed to. Um, I, you know, I just started telling people like, hey, I'm leaving my job. I'm doing this full time. My clients were so ecstatic. Um business opportunities just started flocking to me. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't a plan. I definitely just took a complete leap of faith. Yeah. And, and you know, talk about, again, go back to the business side of things, mm-hmm. you know, with the families and so forth, how are they one-time jobs? Is it repeat business? Obviously word of mouth, but for yeah. a, for one client, is it repeat or is it a one-time thing? Um, I don't have a single client that I have completed in two and a half years, okay. meaning that I have started their house. They've invited me in to do like a kitchen. And then by the time we're done with the kitchen, they're like, okay, let's do the playroom. Um, by the time we're done with that, they're like, let's do the living room. Um, so I have one client that I would say their house is almost completed. Sure. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if then they're bringing me in for other projects or more unique things that we kind of learned about each other along the way. So talk about some of the challenges um, that you faced, you know, when you deciding to leave your your job with with Marshall, Mm -hmm. full-time job, Mm -hmm. great benefits, I'm sure, Amazing benefits, yeah. Um, You talk about some of the challenges leaving that security to go to edit with SF. Yeah. Um, So the first thing for me where I worked in housing and residence life, I lived on campus. Um, I was required to do that. Marshall paid for my housing. So I had no bills. Okay. um, Other than my car, which... um, was relatively inexpensive. But so I immediately had to find an apartment. Um, 
happened to find that through connections that I um, had in the community, um, then had to figure out how to transfer my business license over, um, then had to figure out what do I do about not having health insurance. Um, so so meeting with all of my doctors before everything kind of lapsed. Right. Um, you know, talking with them about what what is there available in the Huntington, West Virginia community. Um, I learned we have a lot more resources than we talk about as a community. Um, so Valley Health, they have a sliding scale. So if there's anything I need, I can still see all of my my care providers um, and pay something that's within reason right. um, to go. So I'm not necessarily afraid of that piece. Um, but I also had to think about different kinds of insurance. So business insurance, being in people's homes. Um, I had to have attorneys draw up specific documents for the business. Um, one of the things that I offer is a removal service, and I work with nonprofits to donate that to the to whoever it is. Right. I had to have a contract drawn up to say, you know, this individual says I can take these items from their home, and it's going to this nonprofit, right. and then bring the family back. Um, basically a donation or a seat. But I, you know, I needed to figure out that legal piece to make sure I was protected, my business was protected. Um, so those are a lot of the, the things that I, I just had to figure out. Sure. And there wasn't like a steady plan. Nobody talks about, um, even in the entrepreneurial world, people don't talk about what it's like leaving a full-time benefits job. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was, what, were there any moments of doubt? Are there still moments of doubt? Um. There are moments when it's definitely scary. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm sitting there, like, staring at QuickBooks and figuring out, like, okay, I, I'm projected to make this much. Um, you know, for me personally, I had a family member pass away this year. And so I had to take that time away from my business. Um, I had to take about three weeks off. And so I had to figure out, what do I do now? Where do I cut expenses? Um, how do I work with my clients um, on that? The, there are definitely days where it's still scary, um, but there are so many days where it feels right. There's so many just conversations that I happen to come upon. Um, that's something I've really realized is just keep putting yourself out there as right. an entrepreneur. Keep talking to people. Keep making connections. Go to the networking events. Go to the chamber events. Go to... Um, you know, go to a bookstore and talk to people, go to a bar and talk to people. Do a podcast. Do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. And for me, I've had a lot of really great opportunities this year to meet lots of different people. Um, I did, or I'm in Leadership Huntington right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also have the opportunity to do the Generation West Virginia Fellowship. Um, so just the, the people that I've met through that um, and talking with people and, and asking raw questions about where do you think my business should go or how do you see this influencing West Virginia? Um, or Appalachian culture or Huntington or Barbersville um, and hearing their thoughts and then truly taking the opportunity to listen and um, just see where those ideas can go. Some of the best ideas I have gotten, I would have never figured out had I not just been in a conversation with somebody and it just happened to come up and sure. so I researched it. Any other setbacks along the way? You know, in terms of like legal and all the other yeah. things like that, you know? I would say the hardest part was getting a business license. Um, so Sarah Bostic at um, 
the city of Huntington has helped me navigate that, but it is a complicated process. Um, and it's a lot of legalese that I didn't understand. It's yeah. a lot of financial stuff that I didn't understand. Um, so I had to reach out to CPAs and have them basically read through stuff and be like, here's what you need to do. Here's the kind of accounts you need set up. Here's how much you need to be setting aside for taxes. Um, that was something that's really odd to think about is um, not just having taxes taken out. Sure. Um, actually setting aside, you know, 30 to 35% of everything I make right. for tax season. Um, and then consistently being in conversations with an attorney and a CPA is very odd um, because that's not something I was doing regularly before this, but it's necessary to make sure everything is, um, you know, following what it needs to be following. Sure. Moses Amal of Huntington has been the region's premier Cadillac dealership for over 20 years. To see our selection of new and pre-owned Cadillacs, visit us online at MosesMeansMore.com. How do you maintain a, a, a positive attitude during that kind of stuff, during some of those setbacks? Not setbacks, but just um, the frustrations of getting a business license and, and dealing with taxes and things like that. Yeah, I um, I have a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs now that I've met, you know, throughout the last two and a half years. And I think for me, I always put myself in the shoes of if I was a brand new entrepreneur, um, what would I want more of a senior entrepreneur to have done so that this is easier? So I think about the people who are coming after me. Um, I worked when I was at Marshall to get um, a policy kind of amended so that I could have a business uh, license while living on campus. Um, you know, it's moments like that where it's like, this might be hard for me, but I have like the network, I have the, the relationships with people, people will let me ask the questions, but it's for the next person down the line. It's for the student that's at Marshall that 10 years from now is going to change the face of Huntington. Sure. So that, that really motivates me. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what advice would you give to others, you know, facing challenges along their way? I think um, remember why you started. Um, remember who you're helping, who you're supporting along the way. And on days when it gets hard, j just think about the impact that you've made. Right. Um, I had multiple clients to me reach out over the years and just just text me and say, um, you have completely changed my life and my family's life. Um, and generational trauma that existed in our home by hoarding items we no longer have right um you know thank you for supporting my family and so little things like that screenshot them um and reflect back on them sure um and also something that i found really beneficial this year was a year ago i was doing a um a financial literacy course and they had us write a letter to our future self um and so in july i got that letter from 2022 July me and seeing you know the hardships that I was facing but telling myself like you're going to overcome this that was really beneficial so maybe do something like that where you know a year six months two weeks whenever you're having a rough day you can open it you can read it and you can reflect and you can re remember that why sure. any mentors um you know people that are that you said you you've got a lot of friends but any any mentors that have helped you out or maybe have gone through a similar experience um, yeah, so Ben Ng at the Eye Center, he basically, like, his job is to help students, but he has been a huge just advocate and champion of me and my work. Um, he asks me the tough questions. He'll put me in front of, you know, big 
business owners in Huntington who will ask me, you know, how are you going to scale this? Um, things that I had never thought of from a business perspective, he's been able to really, you know, get me to pre-think about those things before they're coming up. Um, and then Trisha Ball, she, from the time I started the business, has just been such a champion of me. She um, was over at the Brad Smith Incubator when that was was here, um, and she was one of the first people I talked to about the business. Yeah. And ever since then, she's put so many opportunities in front of me. She's connected me with people. Um, you know, if there's a day where I, you know, post on social media, like having a hard day, she'll reach out to me personally and say, you've got this, you're doing great. It's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I would say those two are, sure. are my biggest advocates. So let's talk about the, you know, the financial kind of going back to the, um, you know, the security of, yeah. of, the, of the prior job. How did you, how did you handle that? Um, like you said, you had now get, get an apartment, you know, you, mm-hmm. didn't even have a, you didn't have your own home or your right. own place, but how did you handle the financial aspects of, of transitioning from stable income to being a business owner? Yeah, um, I had a lot of savings. Um, I had done really well pretty much when COVID happened. You know, I wasn't leaving the house much. Right. I wasn't really, you know, spending on anything. So I just started saving, knowing that one day that would come. Um, and so I had a little over $20,000 saved. So I felt like that was a good nest egg to okay. get started. Sure. Um, with the business, I don't really have operating expenses, That's right. which is incredible for a startup. That's right. Um, so I pay for like a, a scheduling software for my clients and then um, a social media scheduling software. And what are those? Um, so I use later.com okay. to schedule out social media posts. Um, and then I use Calendly for people to, to book with me. Yep. Um, I have a QuickBooks subscription and then I have um, Canva Pro. So I do a lot of my like editing work in there. Yep. But other than that, um, I mean, I have supplies, like I bring trash bra- trash bags mm-hmm. and Sharpies and labels to, to folks' house, but you don't burn through that very quickly right. and they're not super expensive. Um, I've also been really... Um, smart in how I've done a lot of things. So when it comes to social media stuff, since I I don't have a ton of experience with that, I've actually traded services with people in the industry. Yeah. So I've said I will come edit your home. Um, you know, here's what uh, basically like a barter system. Sure. Can you help me figure out this uh, TikTok, or can you help me figure out how to create a content calendar? Um, or, you know, can you help me, like, explain to me how coding works so that I can build a website? Sure. Um, that, I think, is definitely kind of a lost trade, um, is just uh, trading services that's with right. people. That's right. Um, we used to do that as a country all the time. Um, so that's been really smart, too, yeah. in yeah. not spending a ton. Moses Auto Mall of Huntington has been the region's professional-grade GMC dealership for over 20 years. To see our selection of new and pre-owned GMCs, visit us online at MosesMeansMore.com. Talk about some success stories or, or moments. Uh, you kind of hinted on a few of these, but you know, really reaffirmed your decision to to do this. That hey, yeah. I'm doing the right thing here. Um, so many. Yeah, I mean, some of these you talked about. Uh, yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Um, I would say, so the first success story, um, I have a client who um, had lost a significant amount of weight. And in her closet, she had, I want to say it was between eight and 10 different sizes of clothing. And I went over and helped her edit her wardrobe. And we got her down to, I think, like three or four different sizes. And she shared with me 
after she had lost the weight, she was terrified to regain it. And so she wanted to keep all of those sizes in her closet. Um, And through like a therapeutic conversation with her, I was able to, you know, affirm how she was feeling and share you know, if that happens, like you can go out and get more clothing, but you don't need to be compromising the space in your home on a what if. Right. Um, And so I think that moment was really impactful for me because I was able to use my higher education, like kind of counseling, therapeutic conversation training to really make a difference um, on someone's life. And then two years down the line, um, her mother has now passed away. And so we're editing her mother's wardrobe um, and their home, like the family home. And um, she has shared like, wow, you know, there's so many tips that I've learned from you that is making this process less painful right now. Sure. Um, and that was really, really impactful yeah, for sure. me. If, if you could go back and, and give yourself advice, you know, during this, this period before you made this jump, what advice would you give? What have you learned that you'd go back and maybe do it a little bit differently? Oh my gosh, such a good question. I think for me, I was really scared to go full-time with the business. Um, And I would tell myself to do that sooner. I I think there was about a year long period where I was like, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? Um, And I I would have gone full-time with the business sooner. Okay. Yeah. What advice would you give to others in your start? What advice would you give to others um, that are, in a similar place. They've got a full-time job. They mm-hmm. think about starting their own business, you know, go sooner. Well, that might not be feasible for mm-hmm. them, but what, what advice would you give to others um, that, that are considering making this jump like you? Um, I would say network. That has been the biggest piece of my yeah. success yeah. is, you know, figure out what your chamber of commerce is doing, figure out what local organizations you can join, um, figure out what's free. Uh, I have paid for zero marketing at this point other than a later.com subscription for social media. And I very rarely post, like I need to be better about that. Um, But networking is a free marketing resource and most of the time that's gonna get you, you know, more results than paying and learning a new skill. Um, Kind of off what you just asked, but something that I had just thought of is also you don't need a business degree to run a business. No. And that's something I really struggled with coming from higher education. And so, um, but you just don't. You just need to find people who are skilled in what you are not skilled in and work with those people. And that's our episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and even leave us a five-star review. Season one of In Your Business is presented by Moses Automall of Huntington. MosesMeansMore.com empowered by the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce and Kindred Communications.
This is Jason Moses, Executive Manager of Moses Auto Mall of Huntington, where Moses means more. Thanks for listening to In Your Business.